When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson. Here on the magnificent Monday edition of the Yard. Hope you guys had a great weekend. We did. We did. Uh, head over to uh, Northwest Arkansas. Had some time with the family. Won an intercollegiate football game between Mississippi State and Arkansas. That's now 9 of 12 for the Bulldogs against the Razorbacks. We're going to break down the game uh, we're going to talk about what it means going forward, and much like last Monday, I'll record the majority of the show, we'll pause, we'll go hear what Zach Arnett has to say, I'll come back, I'll share that with you, we'll publish the show, and we'll get ready to uh, go see players and, and coordinators this evening. So, uh, full coverage of today's events over at and that'll all be free. How about that? Uh, so come by and check it out, whether you're a member or not, you'll be able to watch and read Everything the Bulldogs have to say about this weekend's game at Arkansas. And, of course, as Zach Garnett uh, previews Auburn week. Interesting, shall we say. But uh, it feels so good to win. No, we didn't get a lot of style points. But I can tell you that the alternative uh, is not attractive in the least. Uh, you may have seen by now Arkansas fires Dan Enos. Uh, I think it's a self-serving measure. And according to a couple people in the media up there, a losing season probably means, means the end of the Sam Pittman era at Arkansas. Now, that, that was in pregame. It's like, hey, if he doesn't win this, it really sets up poorly the rest of the way. And uh, you may have seen recently on social media that uh, if Sam Pittman's record is above 500, it, it impacts his buyout uh, in a pretty substantial way. You know, So if he's fired with a winning record, they owe him – X million dollars, if he gets fired with a losing record, then it's a lot less. Uh, so, Sam trying to make some things happen. Of course, uh, open date for the Razorbacks this week, and uh, they'll take full advantage of that and try to change some things up with the play calling. And uh, I think the reality of this deal with Arkansas is uh, kind of like we talked about. You know, when you and I were first discussing this thing way back in the summer, this team is going to go as far as K.J. Jefferson can take them. And then when you couple that with the fact that uh, Rocket Sanders has not been healthy since week one, it's made that shore all the more dawning. Uh, so we'll see how things go. But, um, yeah, it doesn't look good up there. They're off this week. Then they head to Florida, and Florida's been really good at home. And after what you saw from Florida, I mean, excuse me, Arkansas offensively, you probably kind of begin to ask yourself, you know, uh, how does this thing go? When does this thing end? And he is currently under 500, so you're probably going to drop some other games. Uh, the good thing for them is after they get through with Florida, the rest of the games are at home. Outside of the uh, one non-conference game they have remaining, I don't know you'd expect them to win any of those games. So we'll break down that. We'll look at the uh, the SEC. Uh, but, yeah, it's always good to be with family. Hope you get a chance to do that. I had everybody in my family under one roof uh, for a couple days. Uh, that that is a rarity, you know, especially when you have a family as big as ours and as uh, widespread as they are. Uh, but it was incredible. And uh, the last thing we did together, we went to the pumpkin patch and and took the uh, the grandchildren out there and 
did the corn maze and all that good fun stuff and took some pictures and you know, just enjoyed being together, right? And we all, they also had the, uh, the basketball thing and the baseball thing and the football thing, you know, where you throw it through there. And, and um, uh, I'm just going to say it for what it is. You know, when uh, it's time to pick that baseball up and start throwing it into that, uh, that hole in the wall, just tell me how many you want. Because once your good friend and host finds that groove, I can fill it up for you. But, uh, yeah, it's just great to be with family. And uh, though I kept bringing it up all weekend. I said, man, I'm so glad we won that football game. You know, I'm so glad we won that football game. And I, I joke with Dana, and I said, you know, I'm, I'm so glad it, it helps your mood so much when we win. And, of course, she gives me that look over her uh, glasses, her sunglasses, uh, because it is about me. I, I, I am not happy camper when we lose. And uh, in addition to that, uh, we didn't play well. We're going to break all that down. Let's thank our friends at Bulldog Burger Company, longtime sponsors of the show. I love Bulldog Burger Company, and I loved them first. I did. I remember going, uh, Brian Haydad and I went to eat lunch there. We wanted to go check out and see what this new burger place was about. Uh, it's been an outstanding relationship, I, I tell you. Not just because of the fact they're a sponsor of the show, but because when I want somewhere to go eat in town, that's usually in the top two or three, right? And it's always a consistency there, whether it be quality of service, quality of food, atmosphere, uh, portions. There's just so much to like about Bulldog Burger Company. And now three great locations to serve you. University Drive here in Start Vegas, Gloucester Street there in Tupelo, Lake Harbor Drive in the Ridge and Flowood area. Yeah, there's live music at times at Tupelo. There's tap, tap takeovers all over the place. Uh, so we'll keep you apprised of those events. But uh, when you're in the area, you you know go treat yourself to Bulldog Burger Company, the best place to go break bread, uh, get the Bryant, the Mission, uh, I like the mission with the Pico de Gallo on the side. That way I can control the distribution. Maybe you see it differently. The Pimentology, add bacon. That'll put some hair on your chest for sure. And get those spring rolls as your appetizer. They'll make you and everybody around you better looking. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. All right, let's jump into this ball game. Arkansas wins the toss and defers. Not a lot of highlights in this game from an offensive perspective, but Mississippi State defense played outstanding. Now, before we even get... Two wrapped up in this deal. Arkansas offense didn't play well. One of the reasons they didn't play well was because Mississippi State did. Now, that understood, it wasn't just State simply dictating terms. Arkansas's own ineptitude was an issue, which thus the reason Dan Enos was fired. And he wasn't just fired over this game. It's just kind of the body of work this this year. And I've said on you know recent shows, I just don't think Enos knows how to use K.J. Jefferson. And, yes, they're missing some weapons. They are. Let's be fair about that. Uh, but it was a combination of Arkansas's issues and then Mississippi State defensively playing really well. All right, let's get that established. Because I've seen, like, the polar lunatic fringe propaganda out there. There are some people that, that claim to love Mississippi State that are never going to give Mississippi State credit for anything. Period. And then there are some that are going to be like, hey, well – you know, Mississippi State dominated the football game. Now, no matter how you see it and no matter how you feel about it, the truth is somewhere in the middle, okay? And State wins 7-3. Uh, but defensively, your Bulldogs played exceptionally well. And, yes, they were helped out a little bit by the fact that Arkansas couldn't get out of their own way. Uh, but I thought, really, State saw the needs and saw the concerns in that Arkansas offensive line, and they exploited them which is what good teams do. When they find your weakness, they continue 
to make that be the focus of the game. And State did that. That's good coaching. That's good game planning. It's good execution. State gets the ball first, and uh, obviously it's a touchback. You know, uh, that, that's, you know, Cam Little, monster. We try to get Tulu involved, and uh, we bring him on the jet sweep there, run a, for a gain of a yard there. And then the very first pass Mike Wright throws at the game is intercepted. And uh, at that point, I wasn't feeling real sporty about the ball game. Mike double clutches on an out, allows the safety to cut underneath. And Afahim Walcott picks it off. And uh, I want to go ahead and get something established right now, too. I have read some things out there. And, again, I don't know why we always have to diminish anything about Mississippi State. People are saying Arkansas has quit. If you think that Arkansas – if you watch that game and you watch the emotion in those players and the way that they talk trash, and I don't mean it in a negative way, that's part of competition, the way that those kids – played and the enthusiasm that they showed throughout that ball game trying to find a way to win to implore each other to move on and, and you said well they quit you're you're wrong Arkansas didn't quit late in that ball game Arkansas probably had a little more juice than we did but to say that Arkansas quit it's like all, all the same people that said all of last week that we're going to lose by 40 points and I'm going to sit here and tell you that Arkansas quit you can't have it both ways I'm just going to say it for what it is. You can't sit there and say, oh, we're going to get killed in this ball game." And then when we win, the narrative changes. We're going to move the goalposts and say, oh, no, no, no. Well, Arkansas season's over. Yeah, yeah, because we gave them their, their sixth loss. Yeah, so let's give Mississippi State some credit here. Not all the credit, but some of the credit. But uh, if you didn't think that Walcott, after he picked that thing off and ran along their sidelines, if you didn't think that kid was excited to play football, you're kidding yourself. We're going to get back to the TV broadcast a little bit later. Arkansas takes over at our 35-yard line. Jefferson is completed to Binion, who uh, played pretty well, but he's not Rocket Sanders. Corey Owens with a nice tackle there. Uh, second and six, they get it out to Ty Washington for 19 yards. Owington makes a tackle there. One of Arkansas's four first-half first downs. First and 10 now from our 12. DeBinion runs at the middle for two. They go back to DeBinion for off the left side for six. Excuse me, for four. Makes it third and four at the MSU six. Now, big play in the ballgame. Because you give it to them in plus territory. If you hold for a fail goal, it feels like a win. And we didn't realize <laughs> the significance of this play at the time. They roll KJ right. We get pressure in his face. Force an errant throw. It's short and low to Ty Washington. They kicked the field goal. Little did we know that was going to be one of the most significant plays in this ballgame. The play design was good. State just beat them to the spot. KJ couldn't make that easy throw out there. And how many times do you see it? You know, a little play action roll out right and you know, a little hollow concept and you drag a guy across the front side and you're just trying to outflank the defense and they couldn't do it. So, great job by the Bulldog defense. Field goal is good. It's 3-0 Arkansas. We gifted them this field goal. They got little else the rest of the game. All right, State gets the ball back again on a touchback. Uh, Mike is then complete to Xavier Thomas for 11. I like this. Let's kind of just go right back to it. Let's get back in the game here. Uh, Xavier then rushes off left side for four-yard loss. We Listen, you, he didn't make the play, but um, Landon darts in here. 
I thought he face-masked Xavionis, who's coming through there. And even when I went back and watched the broadcast, it looks like he face-masked him and uh, kind of knocks him off his stride a little bit. And Jaden Johnson uh, dumps Thomas for the four-yard loss. So we're behind the, scene, the, the chains here. And it seems like every time that we try to work east and west – against this Arkansas defense, it, it, there's an issue. And and that's the, all these jet sweeps and things like that and these gadget plays at times that we run and misdirections and end arounds. For some reason, we have difficulty. And here we are now second 14. Uh, we try to get it out to Antonio Harmon, uh, Trajan Jeffcoat in Mike's face. And, and, again, I like the play design here, but we allow a guy to come free into Mike's face. There's really nowhere to go with the football. Third and 14, we get it out to Tulu, who gets 10, and ultimately we punt. Fourth and four from our 42. A 33-yard punt from Keelan Crimmins. Let me go ahead and get this started right out of the gate. We did not punt the football well, and that is absolutely unacceptable in a game like this. I mean, you got to go out there and do your job. We, we expected to get out punted. I didn't expect it to be 32, 33 yards, and I'm going to say this as nicely as I can. We're not going to win when we continue to do that. And we've had some games have been pretty good punting. And I understand we got freshmen. I get it. But we do some silly things here. Uh, we took a couple of delay of the game penalties on fourth to give us more room to punt. We had plenty, to prune, plenty of room to punt when we're averaging 32, 33 yards a punt. Delay of game penalty is uh, unnecessary. All right, Arkansas takes over at their 25. Uh, KJ complete to... I said Tesla. I think it's Tesla, to be to be fair. Tesla for four yards, out of bounds. Second six. They give it to Dubinian, who gets nothing. J.P. Purvis knives inside. We did a really good job running some twists and stunts uh, on some of these run blitzes. We really did. Uh, third and six. K.J. incomplete to Andrew Armstrong. Makes it fourth and six. And a 61-yard punt from Matt Fletcher. That's how you get it done right there. Out of bounds at the MSU 10. So, again, you know, we're, we're backed up again. All right, now, first and 10 from our 10, we give it to Woody off left side, which some people said he wasn't going to play. Uh, you could go do your own research. Uh, and I'm talking a week, two weeks ago. People said, oh, no, Woody's not going to play. Well, Woody was always going to play as long as he was medically cleared to play because Woody Marks is an absolute warrior. As I said last week, it's going to be a game-time decision, uh, but I, I remember some reports about him being out for the ball game. Unsourced reports. That's just the imagination of some. Uh, but Woody gets six off the left side. Second and four. Uh, Mike gets loose here. Tucks it and goes. Gets 26 yards. That was a big play in the ball game just to kind of get us out of the shadow of our own goalpost. Now it's first and ten now. New set of downs from our 42. We get it out to Tulu for five. I like the little concept we're using, the little toss forward with Tulu. Need to see more of that. Second five. Uh, Woody runs off the left side for four. We decide, uh, third and one, we decide to run up the middle and get stacked up here. And uh, it's at the 49-yard line. It's fourth and one. Now, the football play here is you punt, and you let your defense uh, make a play for you. You, know, you don't go for it from midfield in the first quarter on the road in the Southeastern Conference with a backup quarterback, knowing that your playbook is somewhat limited. So I get punting. I don't get the, uh, the delay of game here. What did we gain – from delay a game, you, you don't. Th I mean, we're, we're kicking from their 49-yard line. You don't think we're going to keep that ball in inbounds? We're not going to keep it out of the end zone. So, but instead, we take a delay game penalty, which is just basically gifting them five yards, and it's a 34-yard punt. 
fair caught at the 20. You know, if we don't take the delay of game penalty, guess what? It, chances are it's fair caught at the 15. And in a game like this, toss-up game on the road, every yard matters. That was a poor decision, and it's one something that I plan to ask about today. All right, first and 10 now from the Arkansas 20. K.J. is complete to Armstrong for two. Great play by Corey Ellington. Again, Corey just kind of beginning to come into his own here. Uh, second and eight, K.J. tucks it, goes jet with a tackle there, makes it third and one. They thought initially he had it. They, they mark it short of the line, and then K.J.'s like, oh, no big deal, I'll go get it here. Uh, now it's seven-yard gain to the Arkansas 36. First and ten, they swing it out left to Satania, who was a uh, bit of a hero for him last week. He's hit for a three-yard loss. Sean Preston really closed well here. And I, listen, their bubble concepts – were not well executed. I thought State did a really good job of getting off blocks and kind of recognizing what was happening. It shows we had some good film review. We didn't always make the initial tackle, but every time they tried to work sideline to sideline with that bubble, you had a Bulldog closing. And in this situation here, Sean Preston does for a three-yard loss. Second 13 now. A.J. Green, they promised to get him more involved. They tried to. He just couldn't get going. Runs off left side uh, for just two yards. Jet Johnson with a big tackle. KJ then runs off the right side on third and 11. And it's Bryce Pollock, who has proven to be a very good open field tackler. True freshman. A guy that was, uh, you know, a much better commitment than I think people fully appreciated when we got him. And uh, beginning to play a lot as a, as a true freshman. And we started with him to. I really thought that Ferge and Nicholson would, would hammer that down for us. Now all of a sudden you look up and Bryce Pollock's getting a lot of uh, playing time. Fourth and four, Max Fletcher, 42-yard punt to the MSU 16, and then they call them for uh, fair catch interference, and uh, that was the right call. They didn't like it, but it was. I thought the game was actually pretty well officiated. A couple of holds missed here and there, uh, but by and large, I thought it was a pretty well officiated game. All right, State goes to work at our 31. Woody runs for a one-yard loss. On second 11, we come back. Mike Wright running at the middle, and uh, it's 16 yards for the first down, and then they tack on the personal foul here on top of Jaden Johnson. So it is 31 yards on the play, which moves it from our 30 to their 39. And you feel like right here, this may be the chance for us to kind of get the lead and kind of make some big things happen. All right, first and 10 from their 39. We get it to two loop for five, brings up a manageable second five. Woody off right side for nine and really ran hard here. We go right back to him and run for eight. Chris Paul Jr. with the tackle there. That runs out the first quarter. It's 3-0 Arkansas. You know, we talked last week about how significant it was to getting off to a big start or getting off to a strong start. Uh, 3-0 obviously is trailing, but at the same time, too, State wasn't chasing the ball game here. You know, uh, four of the last five, the team winning after the first quarter has won the game. The one exception, there was a tie at 14-14. But State's trailing 3-0 here, and State finds a way to win the ball game. All right, we open up the second quarter with State on the move. We go back to Woody off the left side for four, makes it first and ten now at the Arkansas 13. We get it to Xavion Thomas, who shakes a man and nearly gets him to the end zone, just steps out. It was the right call. Down at the one-yard line. First and goal from the one. We give it to Woody, who stacked up for a one-yard loss. And then Mike Wright finds Woody. Similar concept to what Arkansas attempted to run. But... Woody's outside, great throw on the short rollout by Mike. Woody dives in the end zone and is banged up again. The poor kid, man, he's, he's giving us everything he's got, everything. And I remember, oh, that's it. People text me, well, that's it for Woody. 
That's it for Woody. That's it for Woody. Nope, you're wrong. He came right back out. Continue to play hard. Ferry, the extra point is good. It is now 7-3 Bulldogs and then Nick Barmira with the touchback here. So 7-3 now, 13-03 to go in the first half. And uh, I thought the Bulldog defense were rewarded with the score, right? And granted, some ineptitude from Arkansas helped here. But these next few series, I thought the Bulldog defense played about as well as they've played all year. First and 10 now from the Arkansas 25. K.J. runs right side for three. Don Terry Russell with a the tackle there. Second and seven. Incomplete to A.J. Green. Don Terry Russell in his face again. And uh, this is a guy that, uh, again, we go back to these, uh, quote, sourced reports. I had somebody tell me in the preseason, I don't think Don Terry Russell ever plays a meaningful down at Mississippi State. Yeah, that didn't age well. All right, third and seven now. Uh, K.J. is sacked for a 10-yard loss. Bookie comes. And, again, one of the things that we did differently, and we've talked about it extensively on the show, over and over and over this year, we have basically sent Bookie and Jet through the A and B gap and hoping we get home. And people are just looking hot, right? They're trying to find the, little, the shallow cross there and because we vacate the middle of the field. We changed some things up. We had a lot more, again, twists and stunts. But uh, I like the fact that we didn't just consistently come A and B gap. We got a ton of front side pressure. And then that, in, in turn, impacted the quarterback. We forced some errant throws. We, we made the timing of plays um, you know, kind of be a little bit disjointed. But huge sack here. Makes it fourth and 17 from the Arkansas 18. Max Fletcher with a 48-yard punt. Good job by him. And, again, we knew we were going to be out punted. We just didn't know how substantial it proved, it's going to prove to be. Uh, but uh, State takes over now at uh, our 34. And um, – yeah, Tula Griffin then runs off right side for 39. Again, that kind of little toss concept where he comes in motion and uh, is really a ball carrier rather than a receiver. Second five, Jeffrey Pittman in the ball game. Jeff didn't play against Western Michigan. We knew he'd be back, just knew he wasn't quite 100%. Stacked up in the middle for no gain. Third and five, Mike runs off left side also for no gain. Brings up the fourth and five. The 31-yard punt is fair caught at the Arkansas 30. I'm not going to be mean. All right, first and 10 at the Arkansas 30. Um, Dubinia runs off right side for five. Bryce Pollock again with a tackle. Second five. They go back to Dubinia, who gets eight. Pollock ushers him out of bounds here. First and 10 at the 43. K.J. Jefferson runs left side for nine. It's called back for holding. Now they're behind the chains. That's a bad deal when you're one-dimensional on offense. First and 20. Pass is complete to uh, – Tyrone Broden for just six. They wanted to take a shot here and ultimately just checked it down. Second and 14. It's complete to Armstrong for 11. Uh, nice play here by Jed Johnson and to Carlos Nicholson to make it a third and short situation. They do get it to Dominion, but it's a five-yard loss. Jeff Johnson really blows it up here. And, again, this is state pressure, state getting pressure. Uh, and one of the things that I asked Garnett about in postgame, you, I'm sure you've seen it, State, in the first half of this ballgame, really began to win on first down. There were so many plays that were for negligible gain, no gain, and in some cases a loss. They help us here with the big holding call. But because you're winning on first down, it makes it a more manageable third down for your defense. And here we are. Set up a third, you know, second 14, and the next thing you know it's a third and three. And then State gets downhill. You're able to bring a little more pressure. And uh, Dominion hit for a five-yard loss. Fourth and eight, 39-yard punt, which had been one of our best. 
uh, to the uh, State 16. Out of bounds is kind of the old coffin corner there. All right, now first and 10 from our 16. Uh, we bring in Seth Davis here, and uh, Seth, nine yards and really ran hard. He probably should have got about six or seven, but he just kept his feet moving and falls forward. Nine yards makes it a second and one. We run Davis again off the right side for seven. Now first and 10 from the 32-yard line. Uh, Davis runs left this time for a loss, and uh, is the, he fumbles. And, of course, no, nobody likes it. Nobody likes to lose, right? The ball is fumbled. That is a fact. Now, the, the re, they rule that he's down with the football. And then we go waste our time and review it. And even the in-stadium replay showed that Davis had a knee down and possession of the football after it came loose. So it was an easy review. Replay officials a good job. The home crowd boos and doesn't like it. I get it. We've all been there. We're all irrational. But now it's second and 12. And um, we take a shot here with Justin Robinson, and it's a P.I. They didn't like this call. It was easily a P.I. Uh, a very easy call for the official there. And that kind of you know negates the, the loss of the two yards on the fumble. All right, now it's uh, first and 10. At our 45, and you think, okay, we got a chance to go make some things happen here. And instead, we get penalized. And this is a drive killer right here, an absolute drive killer here. And I, I went back and watched the broadcast. I didn't see uh, w- what happened here. But uh, they called Xavion for P.I. And so I, I'm sure it was when the rest of the game was, uh, was officiated as well as it was. And I didn't see a lot of complaints from the Mississippi State sideline. But uh, so instead, it's, it kind of it negates everything. On this drive. This is an absolute drive killer to get in the first and 25. Now we're just trying to get into the half with the lead, right? Before you were thinking, let's go score. Now let's just preserve the lead here. First and 25 from our 30. I mean, we're five yards away from plus territory. Now we're all the way back at our 30. Uh, Jeffrey Pittman at the middle for two to keep that clock running. Second and 23. Right runs for 14 yards. And on the broadcast, he said he got first down. He didn't. Not on third and 23. 14 is less than 23. Brings up a third and nine, and uh, we elected we're, we're going to go take a shot here, right? We're going to try to go make the first down and not just try to burn clock. Uh, it's incomplete to Tulu. Uh, tipped at the line. No, if I remember correctly. No, that's incorrect. This is the one where Landon Jackson is kind of like a zone blitz concept where he just kind of drops back out there in the pass pattern and nearly gets picked like Mike never saw him. Uh, fourth and nine, 38-yard punt. Fair call to the Arkansas 16. And I tell you, when, when it first left his foot, I thought we were going to be giving the football outside of 20. Arkansas takes over with 2.12 to go in the first half. KJ runs in the middle for six. Nathan Pickering, a nice lick there. Third, second and four, KJ gets nothing. And on third and four, they get it out to Dominion for eight yards and gets the first down. But again, clock winding down here. First and 10 at their 30. And then K.J. is sacked. Corey Ellington comes on a bit of a fire there off the slot. K.J. actually fumbles the football. Dabinia recovers it. And uh, from there, the half runs out. Second 21, they decide to, uh, to just give it to Johnson and let him run into the line to get into the locker room. And so Arkansas leaves the field to a chorus of boos uh, from their own fans. And I don't know how you could boo the play call there. I know people say, well, we're just booing the play. We're not booing the players. You're booing your players. Uh, I don't know what you what, – I'm not trying to assign motive here, but that's how it's interpreted. He's, well, we're booing the coaches. Nobody knows. They just hear you booing, right? But it wasn't good. And uh, really, at that point, the last thing you want to do 
after KJ just survived a uh, fumble here, it's put him in a situation where uh, he turns the football over and State gets a chance to, to extend the lead. So it's 7-3 at the break in favor of your Bulldogs. Hi, Bulldog fans. Our friends from Tecovis want to remind you that uh, it's festival season. It's concert season. It's sundress season. Yes, it is. And you know you need some nice boots to go along with every bit of that. And Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western wear. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and so much more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a very time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comforts. So no break-in period. You know how tough that can be with a brand-new pair of boots. You can put these bad boys on and ride that ride with a smile. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with the same level of style. So stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary beverage or two, shop the new styles, the smell of fresh leather, and a friendly staff are always at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it to a store, visit Tacovas. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges shipped right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Let's face it, friends. We live in uncertain times. Security, probably more important now than ever before. That's why it's important to keep you, your family, your property safe by working with my friends at Eufy. That's E-U-F-Y.com. Let me tell you a little bit about this new video smart lock they have. It's super cool because basically you get a three-in-one security system here. You can have everything on just one device instead of having it outside of your house look rather tacky because you got all kinds of stuff out there. It's not just about your security, but convenience. No more concerns about losing keys. You can assign passwords to your family members, and you can see who's kind of coming and going. You got that immigrated camera, too. Uh, it's easy to install. You can set it up with just a Phillips screwdriver. You know, you don't have to go to a class on how to use power tools. No drilling required. You have keyless entry. You don't have to worry about fumbling with the keys when you're getting back with a, an armful of groceries, right? How convenient is that? That in and of itself is a great benefit. You got fingerprint recognition. It's unlocking. You got that AI self-learning chip. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You don't have to worry about the battery. It's got a rechargeable battery that can last around four months. And you get a notification before it runs out so you don't have to compromise your family security. You got passcode unlocking, remote control, 2K clear sight, camera. You can see who's at your door. You see these videos online all the time. Don't you think it's time for you to set something up so you can have the peace of mind of knowing that you don't have people constantly going in and out of your property? There's no monthly fee. Unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee, you can have your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage. How cool is that? It's convenient, it's safe, it's a must-have for your home today. If you already have like a video doorbell, you know sometimes people want to come and steal your, your doorbell. You don't have to worry about with, that with this. All right, so let's be sure to visit Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y official.com forward slash video lock. And it's time for you to gain control of your door. Again, that's Eufy. E-U-F-Y. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? 
Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her personal foundation, says they're seeing more issues than ever with dogs' joints, odors, and their health than ever before. After doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can all look to improve our dog's health, their food. What she's discovered is that many dog foods are made in a way they can actually create toxins that could possibly be wrecking our dog's health. And that's true for many of the premium brands as well. Fortunately, she's found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step -step how any of us can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. I've got five dogs. I do. I love them. I spend most of my time with them. In fact, Mojo, my mama blue healer, has helped me write six and a half books now. I want her to be as healthy and happy as possible. So if you feel like you do about your dogs the same way I do, let me encourage you to go to badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard and watch Catherine's video right now. And again, that's badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard. Be sure and check it out and make sure your pet is happier and healthier than ever. I think what's interesting, you know, we got thinking about that big drive, the first drive of the second half, right? I was like, man, if we can get off the field here, you just kind of felt like whoever scored next was going to win. Like if either, if, if Arkansas could go score and retake the lead, considering how anemic we were on offense, you felt like they were going to win the game. You felt like if State could go up 14-3, to it would feel like 20, right? It would feel like a three-score game, the way that Arkansas was so pedestrian on offense. And so you're just kind of thinking to yourself, let's just try to find to sustain to if I can say it correctly here, if we can survive this drive here, withstand this second half opening drive from Arkansas without surrendering points, we're going to be in a good position to win the football game. I know you look up and say Steve at seven three. I get it, but I can tell you the attitude and just kind of the the temperament of the moment there. You just felt like Arkansas wasn't going to be able to do much without our help, and really vice versa. All right, this time uh, we actually uh, mishit the kickoff, and so rather than being a touchback, it's a squibber, and it's returned uh, 24 yards to the Arkansas 26, so 25 one way, 26 the other. First and 10, uh, they decide to come out of here and just kind of like work the intermediate passing game. It just kind of felt like that A.J. was um, – trying to put the team on his back. And there's a drive later in this half that uh, you could really tell he's just trying to lead the team. But the very first thing you dial up is a loss of four yards. It's complete to Satania. Don Terry Russell, again, who was reported and shared that would never play a meaningful snap at Mississippi State with a big TFL there. Second, 14. Uh, KJ, complete to Tyrone Broden for just nine. Makes a, a third and five to the third and medium here. DeBinion runs off right side and gets a first down, makes it first and 10. And right here, I started getting a little bit nervous. I was like, you know what? We get them behind the chains. We're winning on first down. But then we, we ended up not getting off the field here. DeBinion runs off right for six, makes it second and four. DeBinion runs right for one. Now it's third and three. They give it to A.J. Green, who tries to power ahead, and he is short. They didn't like the spot. It was the correct spot. Makes it fourth and one. And Arkansas trying to make a statement here. At their 46-yard line. They're like, you know what? Hey, we're down one. We're, gonna, we're, we're going for it. 
Our defense is playing well. All Mississippi State can do is run the football. We're going to go for it. So they run the sneak, and we stack it up. And in the middle of that scrum, the ball comes out, and it's recovered by Sean Preston. Now, for some reason, we elected to review this. Not us, but I'm just talking about college football as a whole. Now, here's the problem that I have with this. Number one, life is short, death is certain. Let's not waste any of it. He was marked short of the line to gain, and that was an obvious call. In the middle of the second effort, it's fumbled, and Mississippi State recovers. There is no upside for Arkansas here. There's no way you're going to go back and say, because you could see yourselves, even a lot of time. He did not get the line to gain. So either we get it at the spot of recovery, or we get it at the spot of the stop. Either way, it's Mississippi State football. But instead, we review it. Good job here by the replay official, even though it was a waste of everybody's time. They get it. They said the rule on the field stands. It should have been confirmed. It shouldn't even have been a review. It's ridiculous. First and 10 out to Arkansas 47. Right here, I'm thinking we're about to put this game away. Because if we go up 14-3, it's going to change the complexity of this game. This was our chance. Opening up a drive here in plus territory. Uh, first and 10, we run Woody off right side for one. Makes a second nine. Then we're incomplete to Justin Robinson. And um, big, big play in the ballgame, to be honest with you here. Uh, give Landon Jackson some credit for the hurry here. But if we don't throw this ball high, Justin's going to get a first down. We're going to be deep in Arkansas territory. But instead, they force the high throw. It's part of football. Third and nine, we run Mike off left side for five. Brings up fourth and four. Guys, I understand the football play here is to probably punt. I would have gone for this. And, yes, we have the lead, but we're trying to win a ball, a ball game here. We're trying to go win a game. Now, maybe we didn't like the look. Maybe we just thought to ourselves, you know what, this is just – let's just be conservative here, and that's what defensive-minded coaches usually do. But we take another delay of game penalty. Guys, we're averaging 31, 32 yards a punt, and we're punting from their 41. We got room, okay? We got room. We got too cute here. We get a 35-yard punt from Andrew Osteen. It's fair caught at the 11. And, uh, again, all we did was gift them five yards here. I mean, it's just – we're not going to kick the ball in the end zone. We're not. Unless we get a, a win behind us or a sizable roll, it's not going to happen. I just don't understand it. Arkansas takes over at their 11. For the, it seems like for the first time in a while, we've kind of got them backed up here. So, uh, first and 10 from the 11, K.J. runs for 13 yards. This is the one where it kind of felt like that Arkansas just simply – we were doing a good job in coverage really for the first time this year. And there were times they tried to dial up shots and he just wouldn't let it go, so you had to check it down. I think KJ's just like, let me just go try to get a – can I just get a score? If I could get down the field and get us in the end zone, maybe we can win this football game. So KJ takes off and runs for 13. Don Terry Russell, he, of course, that was never supposed to play a meaningful down football Mississippi State uh, with a tackle. Uh, first and 10, uh, DeBinion runs off right side for seven. On second and three, we, KJ uh, runs up the middle for six. And it felt like every time we dropped back to pass that we that we were we had we had white jerseys around him. All right, now first and ten now, complete to Jaden Wilson for just four yards, makes it second and six. Then AJ runs up the middle for six.
to move the chains. First and 10, K.J. runs for nine. They're just basically saying, you know what, we're just going to go play power football here. I, I think K.J. may have even been calling a plays here. At least if nothing else, he's doing what he wants to do. Second one, green at the middle for three, makes it first and 10 at our 41. This felt like that destiny drive, right? That's how it felt for me. I said, they're going to just say, you know what, give it to K.J. and let K.J. just take us down the field. Whatever happens, happens. All right, first and 10. Now, from our 41, DeBinion again with three. Second and seven, K.J.'s completed DeBinion for just two. Makes it third and five here. Big tackle there by D.D. Kemp. And, again, State getting pressure, kind of forcing the underneath throws. On third and five, they give it to DeBinion. Runs the middle for three. It wasn't close. People complained about the spot. It really wasn't. So this is a wild sequence here. These are the kinds of sequences that get you fired if you're head coach. It's stuff like this. You've gone down in the field. You've kind of exerted your will a little bit. Of course, things kind of stall out, but you're in field goal range, and you have arguably the best field goal kicker in the country that is connected on 55 yards. But I don't know what he felt like on that day. You never know. I don't know what he told Sam. But usually they go out there, and the special teams coordinator said, hey, you know, in this end zone, we're good from 45. This one, we're good from 50. don't know how he felt. But they delay and ultimately get charged with delay of the game penalty. So you're about to attempt a field goal. I, at 4-2 from our 33, as successfully as they had run the football on this drive, I would have gone for it. I wouldn't have said, hey, let's just take the long field goal. I would have gone for it. They don't. They get the delay game penalty, which takes them out of field goal range, and they ultimately punt, and uh, the ball's down to three. But in Sam Pittman said in postgame, I, I just didn't know what to do there. That does not inspire confidence among your fan base. You have a chance to pull within a point, and then you're so indecisive that you just can't get it, the execution properly. I mean, it's just the whole the whole mechanism of running the football program just kind of broke down here. So instead of you attempting a field goal, you ultimately have to punt due to your own ineptitude and poor clock management. Those are the kinds of things that get you fired. We take over at our three, a very significant turn of events here too. You, go, you take that delay game penalty that forced the punt, and then this possession right here. And in many ways, these two possessions decided this football game. True. First and 10 at our three, we run Woody at the middle for nothing. Then they get us for a snap infraction. And then it's a false start. And then Mike runs at the middle for three. Third and nine, another false start. Uh, third and 11. And this is the play that matters. But before we get to that, I asked some people off the record, and yes, it was loud down there, but there was uh, some simulated snap counts down there. That's just what I'm told. And uh, that would make some sense considering how bad this was. But uh, we should be going silent cadence in that situation. But uh, third and 11, Mike takes a shot here, and Justin Robinson, he of the tremendous catch radius, elevates and makes the catch over. The freshman DB from Arkansas, great matchup for us. Not just from an experience standpoint, but a physicality standpoint. J-Rob, a huge catch. And even though we have to punt here, this is a play that really changed everything. Because let's be honest, we're at our two-yard line. We're going to punt and not have our normal steps, and we're going to get off a probably a 25-yard punt, and they're basically going to be in the red zone. 
But instead, Mike lays it up. Robinson brings it down. Now all of a sudden you got some room to breathe. Huge play in this game. First and ten, Woody runs off left side for one on second nine. We run right for four. That runs out the third quarter. We head to the four with the Bulldogs leading seven to three. And you just feel like here, anything that happens here is good for State. Because at this point, we're going to be able to get out of the end zone. We're going, now that we've got you know an opportunity on third and five, which is manageable, you move the chains here, it's very, very significant. We come out of the break, and we dial up the perfect play call. Absolutely perfect. Zone read, Mike pulls it, runs off right side, 63 yards. For the touchdown, we're all celebrating, and uh, I immediately look back and see the flag. Didn't know that it was going to be a uh, blindside block. It was. They showed the replay. It absolutely was the right call. It was also unnecessary. That's the thing, too, uh, that you look back, you know, that could, those are the kinds of things that get you beat, right? And so I understand getting downhill on people, but uh, they put this in the rules, and so we've got to abide by that. It takes a touchdown off the board that would have ended the game. Third and 15, we run Mike uh, for a left side for one-yard gain, and we punt. And so and even with this, it feels like a win. Now, Keelan Cremins, we needed a good punt here. We got a pretty good one here, 43 yards, fair call to the Arkansas 29. So instead of them setting up shop around our 30, they're setting up shop around their 30 due to the 30-yard gain from Robinson and a really good punt from Keelan Cremins. All right, first and 10 now for Arkansas. Uh, their 29-yard line. Uh, it's complete to Armstrong for three. Decam kind of gets downhill. Decam really playing those squat routes really well. Second and seven, uh, KJ runs off left side for six. Third and one, DeBinion for two, moves the chains. On first and ten, we stack it up. Sean Preston and Buki Watson doing the honors there. Second and ten, KJ completed DeBinion for two. And it, they're just kind of dinking and dunking because your state secondary had its best game of the year. Third and eight, K.J. tucks it and goes for nine, makes it first and ten at the uh, Mississippi State 49. DeBinion runs off left side for three, and then K.J. is sacked for a loss of six. DeCamrion Richardson, we just mentioned how well he's playing in squad routes, comes on the corner blitz here, and uh, I don't think K.J. ever saw him until he was on top of him. And rather than just try to run into him, DeCamrion just engulfs him, and they basically ride him, ride him and then they, they blow the whistle, and everybody's complaining Guys, we got to protect the quarterback. He was clearly in the grasp, and there's no point in getting him hurt. Of course, K.J. breaks loose as the whistle blows, and Arkansas fans allege a conspiracy. All right, third and 13, K.J. really, really, really just kind of locked in on a guy here, and Sean Preston undercuts her out and picks it off. A second time this year he's done that. Sean's having a really good year for us. Goodness, if he stays on his feet right here, he might score. State now takes over at our 31-yard line. Uh, really, really significant stop there. The previous drive for Arkansas was uh, ruined by their own clock management. This one by the Bulldog defense. All right, first and 10 from our 31. We went Woody off right side. Again, he wasn't, remember, he wasn't playing. And here we are in the fourth quarter. And he's still playing. All right, second and seven, Mike is sacked for a loss of four yards. They bring pressure from both sides, and we just got overwhelmed here. Third and 11, Mike is complete out to Justin Robinson. Um, and it's pretty crazy here. Uh, they say that he makes the line in the game. In, in live action, I thought he was a half yard short. And I knew immediately they were going to review it. I turned to Justin Frommer and I says, 
you're Arkansas, you got to challenge this. If the booth doesn't buzz down, you have to challenge this because this is the game right here. If State converts this, it's probably going to end well for you. Now, it didn't anyway. But they review it and uh, prove that he did come up short a lot of the game. It was the right call. They get it right on the field. They get it right in review. I guess that's not technically correct, is it? Because they actually gave him the first down. So the review replay official does the right job here. My mistake. And then on top of this, it's fourth and one here. And um, pretty nuts. Pretty nuts how this all worked out. Um, And, of course, people are saying, we got bailed out by a false start. Well, there's a little more to that. Now, for the self-loathing Mississippi State fan that loves to hate Mississippi State, who always wants everybody fired, and we should always be in a perpetual uh, process of firing coaches, always, they're going to say, well, you know, we got bailed out here. Well, you know, you know, a little earlier, Arkansas gets bailed out on a penalty, too, that uh, we committed, that took a touchdown off the board and would end the game. Now, the reason – I don't know what Cole Smith was thinking. I don't know what he heard. I don't know if he saw motion and thought he could get a cheap five yards here. But but Zavian wasn't set. Mike is looking to the sidelines to get the play. And then the ball is snapped. So this is on Cole. I don't know what Cole saw. I don't know what Cole did. And then Arkansas picks it up and runs in back for a touchdown. And everybody's going crazy. And if you watch the broadcast, there's the one kid there that said, oh, it's a false start. It doesn't matter. Like they're going to decline a penalty. Well, false starts are pre-snap penalties in college. And so that means the play didn't happen. And you can tell the officials immediately are coming in. It's not like it was, a you know, they waited to see the outcome of the play and then decided let's assess a penalty here on Mississippi State. Uh, some are saying it's the best false start in school history. Um, I, listen, go print T-shirts if you want to. Um, I'm just happy we were able to punt here. So, Keelan Kremlin's 41-yard punt to the Arkansas 24. But um, it was a wild sequence. But it was the right call. And and it's like, again, people are, I don't know what, so I love all y'all, but some of y'all make my head hurt. All right, first and 10 now from the Arkansas 24. Uh, DeBinion runs in the middle for nothing. Judd Johnson playing tough here. Second 10, KJ sacked again for a loss of nine yards. Buki Watson knifing in again. Third and 19, KJ incomplete to Jaden Wilson. Brings up a fourth and 19. And then Max Fletcher, a 62-yard punt. Outkick the coverage. Xavion shakes it left. Cuts back right and takes it 31 yards to the Arkansas 46. And uh, he said in postgame, he knew at some point he was going to get one, and he does here. State again in plus territory. You think, okay, let's go close this thing out, put this thing away. But State incapable of doing it. And again, give the Arkansas defense some credit here. Woody runs off left side for one. Second nine uh, off left side for a loss of two, which makes it a third and 11. And, again, they bring some pressure here and uh, get to Mike. They, they rule it a run, but it's a 10-yard loss here. And, again, it's just Arkansas timing things up pretty well here, getting the ball back, forcing a three and out. 40-yard punt inside the uh, Arkansas 20 at the 17. So you're putting your defense back on the field. and say, so here we go. Let's go win it. Let's get this thing over with. K.J. complete to the left side for three to Jaden Wilson. And uh, Johnson then runs for nothing, which makes a – and I don't know why you're running there, to be quite honest with you. I don't know. I mean, it's like even some people in Arkansas media are like, let a catch everybody by surprise. All right, third and seven, it's incomplete. Bryce Pollock with the PBU there, nearly picked off by Corey Ellington, just couldn't get his, keep his feet in bounds. Fourth and seven, this is the game, right? 
K.J. drops back the pass, and people are talking about what a bad throw it was. It was a bad throw because Deontay Anderson got a hand on it. And so it falls short and incomplete. Now you're thinking, okay, let's just go run the clock out here. But no, we weren't done with football. No. We weren't. First and 10 from the Arkansas 20. And again, how many times did we have plus field position and then get points? We run Woody off left side for three. Clock's moving. They call timeout at 2.07. Second and seven. Mike runs off left side for four. They call timeout with 2.02. That's third and three. Very manageable third and three. We run Woody off left side for two. Brings up fourth and one. They call timeout with a buck 17 to go. Now, initially I thought, ah, maybe take the field goal. Then I was like, no, that doesn't feel comfortable. I think you go for it here. And even if you don't get it, they got to go 90 yards with no timeouts. With an offense that has done absolutely nothing. It's only been across the state 50-yard line twice on the day. Even if you kick the field goal, you say, well, then you know, then a touchdown can't beat you. They still got to get a touchdown with a minute 17 to go. And there's so many things here. There's so many mechanisms at play here. You set up the possibility of a block field goal. Then all of a sudden there is the kick return issue. And, you know, you had Nick Barmera on his last kick hit the squib. What if he's not 100%? This was a mistake. I'll just say it for what it is. This was a mistake. It didn't cost us, but I didn't like this decision. Now, again, you can make a case either way, right? Well, if I kick the field goal, then I'm up seven points. We, know, we knew they had to get the touchdown, but a touchdown doesn't beat you. I get that aspect of it. I think it, when you think about managing the game here, how pedestrian they were on offense – and you're going to be playing, you know, you're going to be dropping a good bit, right? You're playing prevent defense, just trying to keep them, you know, make tackles inbounds. We should have gone for it. If we go for it here, the game is over. We're just taking a knee. But instead, we attempt a field goal. It's no good. Chip shot field goal. I don't know why. You, if, if, we, if we made the decision here that we're going to kick it on fourth down, which makes me think we didn't really have a plan here. We ran off left side here trying to get a first down. We weren't trying to set up a field goal. I've seen some people complain about that. But we weren't trying to set up field goal. We're trying to get a first down. All right, Arkansas then takes over at the 20 because on the missed field goal, it basically serves as a touchback. So instead of them starting from their 10 or 11, these are the yards within the game. They're at the 20. 80 yards from pulling out the win after all things are said and done. KJ completes at the slot. For seven, second and three here. It's incomplete to Andrew Armstrong, makes it a third and three, and then it's incomplete to Tesla again. Fourth and three, chance for us to get off the field and celebrate. They get it to Andrew Armstrong, and uh, Corey Ellington with a big tackle there. For a second, it looked like they were about to get loose. First and 10 now from the Arkansas 46. They take a shot with Andrew Armstrong. It's, it's well beyond the mark. Second and 10. They check it down to Dominic Johnson, who gets six. And again, no timeouts left. This is just poor clock management. How does this happen? you got to get something working to the sidelines. Or at least get the first down. Third and four, clock is ticking. Tick, 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 tick. Incomplete the tire on both. Makes it fourth and four. We call timeout here, set defense. That was a great timeout. I understand that, you know, they've got they got to throw it in the end zone. But you got to set things up here. You can't just assume. It's okay, let's go make a play. KJ clearly has the arm to get it there. And so we set up the Hail Mary thing, and uh, they throw it, and Sean Preston 
bats the ball down, state wins 7-3, the people rejoice. Let's take a look and kind of look inside the numbers here. Interesting, interesting game, despite the lack of scoring, right? That's how we all felt. It's like, you know, I, I just want to win. And, of course, there are some that are like, I oh, know, everything is horrible at all times. Can you imagine if we lost this game 10-7? to how that, how that would feel today? And let's, you know, let's frame it up for what it is. We go on the road to play a very desperate Arkansas team with their season on the line. You read all the stuff I wrote last week. I heard all the things said on the show. They were a very confident team for two and five. They went out to Tuscaloosa and felt they should have won the game. They're finally back home for the first time in a month. It was a good crowd. It wasn't capacity like some people thought it would be. It was a good crowd, though. And we take a backup quarterback on the road with limited playbook, and we come back with a win. Again, you can't spend all week last week saying we're going to get beat by 30 and then complain when we win. Can't have it both ways. You, you, can't, you can't have that lane all to yourself that I'm just going to be writing all the time. I'm happy to have won the ballgame. I'm not going to sit here and say it was a thing of beauty. But you know what? It goes down in the win column. State now 4-3 and three and 1-3 and three in the conference. Arkansas 2-6, 0-5. Oh uh, let's look at the numbers here. We'll just kind of look at individual numbers. Mike Wright, 8 of 12 for 85 yards. Depth target, really not good, but uh, part of the deal. A touchdown and a pick. Thought he really calmed down after the pick. We're going to have to do more this week to get a win. Uh, Mike sacked just one time, and then a couple of, of uh, sacks, technically called quarterback runs that were losses. Uh, Mike, as a rusher, 11, 11 for a gain of 74 and a loss of 14. So a net of 60. And, uh, of course, he slid down and didn't really take on tackles, and people were complaining about that. You know, with, that, with limited depth, we've got to be smart. Woody Marks, 17. Remember, he wasn't supposed to play. 17 for 42. Seth Davis, 3 of 14. Tulu Griffin, 2 of 6. Jeff Pittman, 2 of 2. Zillion Thomas, 1 for negative 4. So as a team, State runs for 120 yards in the ballgame. Uh, Mike Wright, your leading rusher. Would have had well over 100 yards had uh, we not had that infraction. Justin Robinson, two catches for 40 yards. Zavion Thomas, two for 23. Tulu, three for 20. Woody, one for two. We target Antonio Harmon uh, one other time. Uh, KJ, 19 and 31 for 97 yards. Yes, because State did a really good job not letting them blow the top off and forcing checkdowns and then making tackles in space. 19 for 97 yards. An offensive masterpiece it was. And, of course, KJ with the pick and sacked four times. Uh, DeBinion, the leading rusher for the Razorbacks, 14 carries, 47 yards. KJ gets 38. AJ, 13. Just four carries for Green. They said they were going to be more balanced this week. They weren't. Dominic Johnson, three for five. Uh, defensively, let's take a look here. Uh, Nathaniel Watson with 14 tackles. Jed Johnson with 11. You'd expect that. You know, with the way that Arkansas wants to run the football, you'd expect linebackers to have a big game. Uh, our our two did, yeah. Corey Ellington, seven. J.P. Purvis, uh, working at Sam Linebacker and had seven tackles, one of his best games of the year. DeCam with five tackles. Bryce Pollock with five. Uh, Marcus Banks with four. Sean Preston with three. But it seemed like Sean Preston was everywhere. Also with the pick and a big pass breakup. Uh, Nathan Pickering with three, but had a very resounding thump of K.J. Jefferson that I thought sent a real, real message. Uh, Don Terry Russell, again, a guy that wasn't expected to play a meaningful down ever at Mississippi State with three tackles, one TFL, and a quarterback hurry. 
uh, Deontay Anderson with three, and a host of others with uh, just one. So uh, Bulldogs kind of get after it, and uh, one of those deals, too, where it's like you just you, you want to get out of the town with the win. State's now won 9 of 12 uh, against Arkansas, and uh, we, we talked about this last week. State went years and years and years without ever winning a game in the state of Arkansas. Part of that's because of the fact we the only two times we played Arkansas as a non-conference foe, we played them in Memphis. And then we just couldn't beat them at their place. And then finally in 13, we break through. And so we win in 13, 15, 17, 19. We lose in 21 by missing three field goals. And then win here. It's like State can't lose in Arkansas. And every year when we get ready to go up there, people would say, oh, it's a tough place to play. What well, has been. But uh, we just happened to be catching them at the right time, and I'm so glad we got to go up there before it's uh, gray and dreary in November in northwest Arkansas. But uh, Bulldogs with the win, uh, you know, happy about the win, not happy with the performance. I think that's fair. I think it's okay to say, okay, great, we won, but we got to be better here. we got to be better there. And uh, so we'll get into some of the buts later this week. Uh, we'll talk to Arnett today and kind of figure out kind of what his plans are as we kind of move forward and get ready to take on the University of Auburn. All right, time for today's top 10 list. As always, brought to you by Close with Blair. Blair has made the move to Priority One Mortgage, but uh, the same quality of service that you've grown to expect made the transformation with him. Give him a call or text today at 601-500-2344. Again, that's 601-500-2344. Four, four. Listen, Blair's been doing this 22 years. Top 1% close ratio in the country back-to-back-to-back years. I don't know if you're a atypical borrower, but Blair has seen it all and done it all. Reach out to him today for all your mortgage needs. Whether you're looking to buy a home, whether you're looking to refinance a home, I don't know your needs. Only you do. But nobody's going to do a better job than Blair Chandler. Be sure and check it out today, closewithblair.com. All right, we missed it on Friday, so we're going to go back and do it today. Uh, Sam Pittman's favorite artist is Aerosmith, and uh, Roy reminded me after I sent him the Friday list that we were going to do coaches. I forget that. I'm a busy guy. I need to be reminded of things. Got a lot going on. Matter of fact, uh, going to sign my life away tomorrow as we uh, finalize things for the wife's new business, the True Rest location. That's um, on Highway 12 here in Starkville, right next door to Little Caesars. Uh, so you can come uh, have a float and then uh, get some pizza. Yeah, there you go. All right, so here we go. Top 10 Aerosmith songs with a harmonica. We decided to kind of change it up a little bit. There are tons of songs in the Aerosmith catalog. And I rank these basically on my feelings about the quality of the harmonica play itself, not necessarily the song, because there are some big hits on the backside of this and some deeper cuts um, at the bottom, okay, or, or at the top, depending on your vantage point. But number 10, off the Get a Grip album, which in many respects was, uh, I hate to say a comeback album, but it really was. It made Aerosmith part of popular culture once again, and they were criticized tremendously for the Photoshop of Get a Grip, where you have the udders of a cow that one of them has been pierced, and you know the animal rights activists and people like that lose their mind. It was photoshopped. Nowadays, people photoshop everything and nobody bats an eye. But people thought, hey, they pierced this cow's udder. Let's cancel them. 
So there were attempts to, uh, to jumpstart the cancel culture years before many of you knew what that was. Uh, but this song, Crazy, and uh, a great, great, great video here with uh, Liv Tyler and Alicia Silverstone, who was basically thrust into um, superstardom uh, because of the Aerosmith videos. Number nine, Crying. I was crying when I met you. Now I'm trying to forget you. That's number nine. Great, great track. Huge hit for them, also off the Get a Grip album. Number eight, the track Fever. I love the harmonica on this. I really do. Really an upbeat, up-tempo song. I think you'll dig it if you don't know it. Number seven, uh, off of Nine Lives, which I love the Nine Lives album. A lot of people were kind of down on the album. I saw them on this tour with Garbage. They were great. It's Something's Gotta Give. That's a great album. There's no skips on that album. It's, it's, a, it's an amazing Aerosmith album. I don't understand why people were upset. And again, the, there was some controversy with the cover. Uh, they put a cat on there and uh, you know people were like, hey, this is demonic or whatever. People are always trying to find something to be offended about. That's not a new phenomenon. Number six, it's uh, Rats in the Cellar. I believe that's off Draw the Line, which was uh, you know a drug reference song. But uh, a great track, Rats in the Cellar. Number five, a cover song. We didn't do. We, we don't ordinarily do a lot of cover songs, but I think that Aerosmith's rendition of Milk Cow Blues is the best one. I know some country artists have covered this song as well. It's an old blues standard. Aerosmith did it better than anybody. So Milk Cow Blues at number five. Number four, uh, Stop Messing Around. Love this one. I uh, believe this one's off... Uh, Honking on Bobo, which was uh, the name of uh, Steven Tyler's harmonica. Another great track. It really includes all the elements of why we love Aerosmith, right? Number three, going back to the first album. And I love that album. There are times when I travel, I'll listen to it in its entirety. And uh, this album actually inspired me to pick up the harmonica. Played that for a while. I've got a few laying around here. I haven't, I haven't played in a long time. But uh, I was hu- I'm was a huge Aerosmith fan. I was for a long time. But uh, back in the early 2000s, I picked up the harmonica and uh, learned a lot. Bought the whole Aerosmith harmonica tabs book and the great track One Way Street. I, I, loved, I loved the harmonica on this. Matter of fact, I may listen to this song on the way to campus today. One Way Street. Absolutely dig it. That Aerosmith debut album. You know it from Dream On, but man, there are so many great songs on that album that are underappreciated. Number two, from Permanent Vacation. This is one of those songs, too, that, uh, you know, again, we talk about comeback albums for Aerosmith. When Aerosmith reunited, you know, with, uh, you know, Brad Whitford and um, and uh, Joe Perry, both returning to the band, they recorded Done With Mirrors. And the biggest, the biggest song on that album was Let the Music Do the Talking, which was actually a Joe Perry Project track that Aerosmith covered, and it was really a disjointed album. But Permanent Vacation was a huge, huge hit for Aerosmith. Of course, that's got Ragdoll and Dude Looks Like a Lady and Angel, and uh, of course, MTV was a a real thing then. It wasn't just 24 hours of ridiculousness. And uh, Jersey Shore, they used to play music videos, but um, that album really kind of thrust Aerosmith back into the forefront and every time that you count Aerosmith out, it seems they, they find an album uh, that becomes very, very relevant. But uh, Hangman Jury, another great one. One of the one of my favorite songs in the entire catalog. But number one for me, and I remember this was uh, nominated for Song of the Year 
as was I Don't Want to Miss a Thing for on the MTV Video Music Awards, and they asked Steven Tyler, which one are you rooting for? And he said, Pink. Diane Warren wrote I Don't Want to Miss a Thing, and that, of course, was on the um, motion picture soundtrack. Uh, I can't remember the name of the movie, but you'll remember it. But uh, Ben Affleck was in it. They had the big asteroid deal, Bruce Willis. All of it was crazy, but Pink... And uh, a little innuendo with the track, but man, some very smooth and sultry harmonica tones on this album. So that's our top 10 list of Aerosmith songs that feature the harmonica. And there are several others that uh, Steven Tyler plays on that um, may be deserving to be of the list, just didn't make my top 10. But uh, I enjoyed putting this list together. Anytime we can talk Aerosmith, uh, it's a great thing. Uh, Matter of fact, I've never met Steven Tyler. I would love to. He is actually the AA sponsor of a good friend of mine that is in rock music. And uh, we have shared some conversation about recovery over the years. But uh, I've never met Steven Tyler. He is one of my heroes. I love the movie. Excuse me. I love the book, Walk This Way, which is kind of the story of Aerosmith. If you're unfamiliar with it, I encourage you to read it. I remember when uh, Aerosmith kind of hit the scene again with Permanent Vacation People ask Stephen Tyler, man, you had all these uh, platinum records. Where'd all your money go? And he looked at the camera and said, it went up my nose. It's true. And uh, Steve's had some issues in recent years. Got addicted to opioids after uh, a surgery, after falling off stage. And uh, the band took some hiatus. But they're preparing for their final tour. We'd like to go be a part of that. And uh, if you get a chance to get out and go watch those guys, I encourage you to do so. Uh, Arguably America's greatest rock band of all time. And a lot of people have these discussions about that. Is it Aerosmith? Is it the Eagles? Is it Leonard Skinner? I, I would submit to you it is Aerosmith. I think the Eagles are probably second. And I think part of it's because Aerosmith is a little more true to rock. And, you know, some of the Glenn Fry tracks for the Eagles are more on the countryside. Joe Walsh really kind of transformed the Eagles and gave them more of an edge. But uh, Aerosmith, superstars for a long time and uh, basically the, the same five original members. Uh, Steven Tallarico, the guy you know as Steven Tyler, was originally the drummer in Aerosmith. Maybe you didn't know that, but yeah. And things changed. You go back and listen to those early albums, and Steven hadn't found his voice yet. Well, he has now. Uh, Really, the Walk This Way collaboration with Run DMC really kind of put those guys back on the map, kind of laid the groundwork for, for permanent vacation and really a full comeback for Aerosmith. So, again, anytime that we can celebrate Aerosmith on the show, we want to do that. Uh, enjoy the list. And again, this is for Sam Smith, uh, Sam Smith, Sam Pittman, who is um, trying to figure some things out in Fayetteville. So Sam, listen to our list. And maybe today will be a bit better than yesterday. And uh, yeah, you always hate it when people get fired. I mean, you, you really do. Um, you hate it because everybody has all these high expectations. And I was told uh, in pregame that Dan Eno signed a three-year contract guaranteed over $3 million. I think $3.3 million guaranteed. I think that's right. So you know what a difficult decision, an expensive decision that it had to be for uh, for Sam Pittman. But, uh, again, it's a self-preservation deal. A lot of people kind of liken it to the whole thing of you know, Chris Simonis firing Scott Foxhall late in the year, just trying to shake some things up. Uh, also reminiscent of Dan Mullen firing John Hevesy at the University of Florida. And that measure didn't work either. But you got to feel like if four years of Sam Pittman – and you're not where you want to be. And granted, you've had some major injuries. You look at this and say, you know what, how long can we continue to endure this? And uh, as I said on Friday's show, I'd hate to see Sam get fired. I like the fact that he's in the league and 
Uh, I think that some things have happened that are kind of beyond his control that he has to pick up a tab for. I mean, you lose KJ last year for a handful of games, and you lose Rocket this year. Just not enough skill offensively to kind of move this thing forward. You bring in Dan Enos, who had some really good years under Belima with Brandon Allen and uh, Alex Collins, but uh, just hadn't been able to get it together. So now he's gone. So they're going to have the wide receiver coach do the play calling. I think maybe what you do is just figure out what KJ likes and go let KJ do what KJ does. But uh, looking at their schedule, it's going to be a very, very difficult stretch uh, for everybody involved. All right, next segment of the show brought to you by Campus Bookmart, a Starkvillian institution. I love Campus Bookmart. You should, too. Go by and see their smiling faces next time you're in town. You'll be glad you did. The best selection of Mississippi State merchandise in the known universe, right here in Starkville at Campus Bookmart. Miss Kathy Brown does a fantastic job uh, procuring the best selections of maroon and white merch uh, to help you outfit your home, your family, your pet, your RV, your office, your man cave, your woman cave, whatever you want to call it. You need Mississippi State merchandise to look no further than Campus Bookmart. If you can't make it to town, visit them on the World Wide Web at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays. That's BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. That gets you free shipping on all orders over 75 bucks. Any order less than 75 absolutely incomplete. All right, limited schedule in the SEC. We go 4-1 and one last week in our picks. We got the winners right. We got the spread wrong on one. Of course, your Bulldogs win 7-3. to three. That spread opened up at 9.5, dropped to as low as 6 on some books by the time we got the kickoff, and State wins. That's big. Tennessee jumps all over Alabama. They're up 20-7, to seven, and then it seems like from that point forward, it was all Alabama as Alabama wins 34-20. They had the big scoop and score late to cover on the spread. As you guys know, it was a uh, – you know, two-score spread. I guess it was around 10, 10 and a half. Uh, but, yeah, 27 to 20 late. They pick up a fumble running back for a touchdown, and then Alabama wins. And, again, every single week we keep saying this. Alabama doesn't look good. They just keep winning. They simply keep winning. going to be an interesting uh, couple weeks for the Tide, though. Missouri hosts South Carolina. Again, that Gamecock loss by the Bulldogs getting worse by the day. Missouri wins 34 to 12. Not much to look at that and say, you know, South Carolina was in it. South Carolina is really, really, really pedestrian, much like Arkansas. We knew that Spencer Rattler was going to have to be, you know, kind of the agent for change there. Just didn't work out the way they had hoped. But uh, South Carolina now 2-5, and 1-4 and four in the league, of course, that one win over Mississippi State. A very challenging non-conference schedule for them with Clemson and North Carolina. They've already dropped one of those games, and uh, – and this weekend, they'll head to A&M and then host Jacksonville State. That looks to be a win. Then they host Vanity. That should be a win. So that gets you two more. That gets you to four. But you begin to ask yourself, can you get to six? I don't know that you can. you got to win four of these last five. Kentucky goes to South Carolina. Clemson goes to South Carolina. The good thing for Shane Beamer is that four of the last five games are at home at Williams-Brice Stadium. And uh, they have been much better there. Of course, they should have beaten Florida. They didn't. Uh, but outside of that, they've played pretty well at home. And so I wouldn't count them out just yet, but um, it's going to be difficult to get bowl eligible if you're South Carolina. And Missouri, of course, uh, just kind of playing on bar time with house money now. Ole Miss beats Auburn. Uh, they don't cover here, and it really wasn't a great game. I uh, had a chance to watch that game. I know many of you did as well. 
Ole Miss wins 28-21, and as I said all week, I, I knew that Auburn would play inspired football. I just didn't know if they had the talent and the horses to pull this thing out. That's kind of how it works out. Ole Miss jumps up in this ball game 7-0. Uh, Auburn ties it on a Jarquez Hunter 53-yard run. They catch Ole Miss in a blitz there. Hunter is able to navigate through that and get into the end zone. Jackson Dart then runs for 29 yards and a touchdown, makes it 14-7. Auburn puts together a good drive in the second half to pull even at the break, 14-all. And then Ole Miss answers in the third quarter late to make it 21-14. And from there, the Ole Miss running game kind of takes over there. Uh, And so they score to make it 28-14 with five minutes remaining. And you just kind of knew then, this game is over. It's just a matter what the final score is going to be. And then, you know, they tacked on a touchdown late and – just couldn't get it done from there. But, uh, you know, Peyton Thorne, 9 of 13 in the game for 100 yards, a touchdown. Robbie Ashford, 3 of 4 for 22 yards and an interception. Hunter, 91 yards. And, of course, uh, the big run there at 53 yards uh, really makes it you know, makes it matter. But uh, a lot of quarterback run here. And uh, we'll preview Auburn later in the week. But this Auburn football team cannot throw the football. They can't. If you stop the run, you're going to beat them. All right, LSU, I thought Army might cover here. Army was a 30-point dog, and as I did the research. Army, because of their style of play, rarely gets blown out. LSU is like, no, we got you here, 62 to nothing. And I thought LSU might coast into the open date a little bit. They absolutely did not. All right, taking a quick first look at your, uh, your games this week, South Carolina is at A&M. I would say on first blush, we're picking the Aggies. Uh, Georgia and Florida will get together for the world's largest cocktail party in Jacksonville. you got to like where Georgia stands there. But Georgia, again, not, has not been a dominant team this year. Mississippi State is at Auburn. I know the early line has Auburn as a six-point favorite. I expect that line to come down. I, I think it could be a game somewhat reminiscent of last week. I think I don't think this game gets to the 20s. I, probably the first team to get to 20 wins this ball game. I don't know if either team can. All right, Tennessee is at Kentucky. That could be awfully dicey, right? And Tennessee needs to find a way to win that game. And then Vanderbilt is at Ole Miss. Uh, you know, it's it's going to be the, the last game in the series of, of this storied rivalry between Vandy and Ole Miss, the Battle of the Vanderbilts, uh, 6.30 from Oxford on the SEC Network. So, again, limited schedule, just five games this week, and uh, we'll see how things play out. But I, I think if you look at them, maybe outside of the South Carolina-Texas A&M game, they could go either way. Yeah, it's true. I mean, when Vanderbilt and Ole Miss get together, you just throw the record books out. I mean, it means nothing. I mean, it means absolutely nothing. I mean, we're, we're kidding here, right? I mean, and Ole Miss should, should steamroll Vandy. But uh, but it is interesting, too, that uh, Ole Miss has been uh, an annual opponent for Vanderbilt since 1992. And uh, that's going away. But uh, that's your first look uh, at this week's schedule, and we'll, uh, we'll preview that as we get a little bit closer. So I'm going to pause the show now. And uh, we're going to head to campus. When I come back, we're going to give you uh, Zach Arnett's comments for the final, uh, I say, 20 minutes of the show. We'll be right back with you. Right, final segment of the show brought to you by the Stark Vegas Clubhouse. Just Google it, Stark Vegas Clubhouse. And I'll tell you what, if you're looking for a place to gather with friends and family to enjoy a ball game weekend, or perhaps you're just working in the Golden Triangle area, look no further than the Stark Vegas Clubhouse. <clears throat> we'll give you a little incentive, too. Yeah, you can book through uh, VRBO or through Airbnb, but if you use the Evolve website, we can save you 10% on your stay by using promo code BSR10. That's Bulldog Sports Radio, 
now beautiful Steve Robertson 10. So BSR 10 will get you 10% off your stay. It's a, an expensive property in the former uh, golf uh, course clubhouse. Got two wet bars, a huge backdoor area. Uh, you can pack a lot of people in there. And, you know, that's the thing, too. If you want to stay in hotel rooms, everybody's got their own privacy, but you also have a situation where uh, it's difficult to congregate together. You can gather around the fire. You can gather around the television set and uh, not have to pay those uh, expensive lounge prices for an adult beverage. You can stock it. You can cook there. Whatever you want to do, it's the best place for Grandma and Grandpa to bring all the kids and all the grandkids together under one roof when you're celebrating Starkville. That's a Stark Vegas clubhouse. Again, book through the Evolve website and save 10% with promo code BSR10. Okay, so we spent some time with Zach Arnett. First question I asked him was about some fourth down decision making. I don't know that we got a definitive answer, but he did address some of that. And uh, yeah, as he mentioned, the final fourth down, the one that we elected to attempt a field goal on, was the shortest of the uh, fourth down decisions on the day. Of course, we had that uh, you know crazy deal with the false start, where the ball got loose and returned for a touchdown. Uh, a lot of Arkansas people didn't know the rules and thought they could decline a penalty. Uh, they couldn't. But, uh, yeah, you go back in hindsight and you begin to make some evaluations of your own decision-making. So Arnett did address that. You can find the full transcript and the video of today's Zach Arnett press conference for free over jeanspage.com. Matter of fact, I'm uploading it as we speak. Uh, and all that understood, uh, Arnett did address the, uh, the health of Will Rogers, and it was a really another non-update update. Says, hey, we're just going to evaluate the week, and if Will can go this weekend, he'll go, and if not, it'll be Mike Wright again. I fully expect it to be Mike. I think there may be a possibility to get Will back for the Kentucky game, and then we'll see. But uh, no definitive decisions have been made at this point. And, again, it's Will's non-throwing shoulder. So um, they haven't given us a ton of information. But it doesn't appear that it will be something that once he does return to action is uh, you know, something that should inhibit him too much. But, uh, again, it's about a pain threshold type deal. And, and you want to protect these young people uh, because many of them have futures in athletics. And so you want to give them every opportunity. The last thing you want is a career-ending type injury. And so you're careful with that sort of stuff. Uh, he did look ahead to Auburn, and Brian asked him specifically about, does it make it more challenging when you've got an offense like Auburn that is very one-dimensional? And Arnett spoke extensively about, you know, formations and schematically things are very different. They are a run-first offensive team. Now, we're going to preview Auburn in its entirety on Friday, but they are a team that really struggles with the forward pass. I don't know if you've kept up with the numbers here, but uh, – let me educate you just a little bit here. We look at our Auburn stats for the year. Uh, team offensive numbers have not been good uh, for the Tigers. Auburn currently the 14th best offensive system in the Southeastern Conference when it comes to total yards. LSU leading at 4,423, and then there's Auburn at 2,359. Now, the Bulldogs are only about 100 yards better uh, when it comes to uh, – Total offense, and some of that, of course, uh, uh, is, is a product of injury. But uh, scoring offense, Mississippi State is 11 at 26.86. Auburn is 12th. Last week's opponent, Arkansas, at the bottom, 26.5, and, and a lot of that's because the Bulldogs held them at just three points. And so I expect this to be a very competitive game. I don't think it'll be a high-scoring game. Now, Auburn, of course, uh, 
has had some success with Jarquez Hunter running the football, but the passing part of it has been uh, it's been quite the adventure, uh, to say the least. And they're playing multiple quarterbacks there. But looking at passing numbers, Auburn is dead last with a with an anchor, shall we say? Just 1,057 yards passing, just 151 yards per game. And, uh, again, occasionally they'll hit a big play there, but uh, it has not been good. State, 1,421 yards passing. And, of course, that's with us transitioning more to the air raid. And so this is going to be a very run-heavy offense from Auburn. They'll try to take some shots. I think State will do a good job, obviously, with those run blitzes and trying to pack things up there. I also asked about Will Friend. What kind of benefit is that to have Will Friend? Now, granted, offensively, Auburn has changed tremendously when it comes to how they want to uh, attack teams. But Will Friend does know their personnel. And I think that's something that knowledge could be very valuable when you begin to put together your pressures and your blitz package. You know, what guys handle what well. Now, as our net counters, they've made so many adjustments to the roster through the NCAA transfer portal. So it's not the same roster that Friend was a part of last year. But uh, to have some insight into what makes those guys uncomfortable is a value, whether Arnett wants to admit a lot of that or not. So I, I think that you'll see Wolf Friend be a part of maybe some of those defensive meetings, kind of breaking down some film and showing what they're doing and kind of how they're doing it and what perhaps those guys struggled with last year. But um, I've read some reports out here, uh, really from some of our fans, about what to expect from Auburn offensively. I just don't think there's going to be a lot there. I think this is going to be a game, if you can get to 20, you win the game. The, the question is going to be, can State get to 20 against an Auburn defense that has been pretty good at times, uh, other times not so much. You know, For a while there, it appeared that the athleticism of the Auburn defense uh, was really getting things done. But uh, when you start running through the numbers here, you begin to realize this Auburn defense – uh, really not where they need to be. L- looking at the um, total number of tackles, and of course you'd say, well, of course Vanderbilt would be the highest, Steve, because uh, you know they're the team, they're the worst team. Number two team in tackles this year is Alabama. Yeah, Georgia way out there at 14. So that kind of lends itself to the whole line of thinking of you know when you're not on the field defensively, your tackle numbers aren't going to be as good as uh, they would be ordinarily. But um, when you start running through this stuff, you begin to kind of realize. Uh, there are a lot of good players in this league. There's a lot of athletes in this league. There's also some guys, too, that uh, maybe don't do things the way you would think. You know, you look at it from 35,000 feet, and you think you've got a pretty good idea. And just as we did last Friday when we broke down the Arkansas uh, offense, you begin to realize how anemic they've been this year. Now, defensively, State's numbers are much better after last week. State now up to 62nd in total defense. Auburn not too far behind in 60, 67. Uh, State allowing you know, just about four yards less per game uh, offensively. But, um, you know, it's interesting. You know, beginning of the year, it felt like, okay, well, this um, Auburn team, if they can run the football and control the clock a little bit, I think you feel like, hey, we can win some ball games. Unfortunately, they haven't been able to do that. I think the Georgia game is really more of the outlier. Teams have really gotten some more film. Uh, scoring defense, State is now 76th in the country. That's not great. Not great. Not what we expected, certainly. But uh, you get a little deeper into this thing and you begin to realize that, uh, you know, maybe perhaps we've reached a turning point. 
And again, as I said in the first segment of the show, you begin to realize, too, some of the success is a product of, of the fact that Arkansas is not great offensively. Uh, Auburn scoring defense-wise 78, just right behind State, like two-tenths of a point there. Uh, that's an important statistic, I think, because of the fact I think some people are thinking we're just going to go down there uh, and get beat. Uh, I, I think State's got a real chance to win this football game. Uh, I really do. I, I would rather be the team that's won two in a row uh, than the team that has not. But when you begin to kind of break it all down, you begin to realize, you know, football is about matchups. What kind of matchup is this for Mississippi State? Well, I think the fact that this is not a real, you know, multifaceted offense from Auburn, the, the Tigers 121st out of 130 schools in passing offense. Uh, that's pitiful. I mean, and that's that's around like Rutgers, Nebraska, and even the service academies of Air Force uh, Navy and West Point Army. So they're going to try to run the football and shorten the game. Uh, we're not an explosive offense. So you feel like this could be a game that if you can get a non-offensive touchdown, I mentioned that Friday, that that may be the difference in us winning and losing. We didn't get one, uh, but it's that kind of game. So it's going to be similar to what you saw last week. I think when it's not going to be an offensive masterpiece by any stretch of the imagination. I do think the fact that State gets the win – gets them a little juice because I feel like that this whole deal with Auburn kind of getting up for the freeze bowl and coming up short is probably something mentally that is helpful for Mississippi State. Real quickly, we'll look, you know, Auburn 3-4 and four and 0-4 and in the Southeastern Conference. When you begin to look at these defensive numbers, uh, got off to a really good start in the first three games. Uh, all of, They held all those opponents – under 20 points. They beat UMass 59-14, Cal 14-10, and Sanford 45-13. So defensively, pretty good effort against inferior competition. You get into SEC play, things have been much different. Of course, Auburn has lost four games in a row. You lose at A&M by 17. You lose to Georgia by seven in a game that Georgia didn't play well. You give up 48 to LSU, and this LSU offensive juggernaut has hit a new level. And then 28 last week against Ole Miss. And I didn't think Ole Miss played exceptionally well, but give the Auburn defense credit for some big play on third down. But the, they have not held an opponent in SEC play under four scores. Everybody scored 27 points or more. So does that give State some confidence to think they can get to 20 points or more? Because I think they can. Uh, El- El- Auburn has not scored more than 21 points in a Southeastern Conference game this season. So let's say you get to 24, you probably got this thing won. People would say, but Steve, how can you have all this confidence, you know, after we look so anemic? Uh, I think the first game with Mike Wright under or behind center for us, uh, there's probably conservative play calling there. I think everybody would admit that. Uh, You saw Mike really take care of himself. And so you get Will Rogers back. You got some depth there. You don't have to be quite conservative, even if it's just uh, Will in an emergency standpoint. But uh, I think offensively, this is a Tiger offense that has really struggled. And, and a lot of they hit the portal, and everybody said, "Hey, they're going to be better and better and better on offense." Uh, they haven't been. That's not to say that Hugh Freeze won't cook up some opponent-specific wrinkles uh, this week against some of our tendencies. I just think they're going to have a difficult time running the football against us. And I think in order for State to win the game, you've got to put the game in in the hands of the Auburn quarterbacks. Make them be quarterbacks and not just be athletes. 
And that's what hurt us last year. You remember that game, State? seemed like it was just going to run away with it. The next thing you know, Robbie Ashford gets hot with some quarterback runs. They get back in it. We have a big pick. We end up going to overtime. Will Friend said, hey, we just called the plays and found out what worked and just kept running it over and over and over again. Uh, that's not to say that Auburn will run the same concepts this year. But in order for State to win this game, you know, we've got to go out there and play clean. Got to win a turnover battle and got to have better play special teams-wise. There's no question about that. We've got to be better in special teams. And that's been a strength for us this year. It wasn't on Saturday. So, yes, I think State can. I think State will win this football game, even if Mike Wright is under center. I think Mike will be more comfortable this week. Uh, and the thing, too, you know, they talk about Mike Wright's, you know, pregame speech, how he goes out there and just inspires confidence in other people. Uh, I think now people have more confidence in him. And so you got to go on the road, and sometimes that's a good thing. It's difficult to win on the road in a Southeastern Conference, but I think it kind of forges those bonds that makes teams closer together. And Mike Wright's a guy, obviously, that's done some, some interesting things for us this year, but, um, you know, probably should have had a better showing on Saturday. But I think you're seeing, too, there are some limitations with Mike, but there's also some explosiveness with Mike that doesn't exist with Will. So now you've got another week. It doesn't appear that we had any uh, other injuries that uh, you know should linger into this week. And we got some guys back last week, including Demonte Russell. Don Terry did go down. We don't expect him to be out this week. Um, don't think Calvin Dinkins is back, and I'll, I'll be surprised if he is back this year. But we'll kind of move forward. And so we'll, we'll spend some time getting to know the Tigers this week. Uh, much, all of our team content is free, so you can come by to jeanspage.com and read that. You should be a member. If you're not, you certainly should be. You get one month for a dollar. It's a special we run all the time. It's come give us a test drive for just a buck. Uh, so we look forward to that. We'll have full coverage from Auburn because uh, we actually go to road games, so we'll be there. Uh, we'll bring most of the crew down there, and we'll have a good time. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing the eagle fly around there, and I hope that's the biggest highlight of the day for Auburn. But uh, as we get into Wednesday, we'll get to know more about the Tigers, and on Friday we'll preview the Tigers, and uh, we'll share everything we've learned. And uh Full coverage, as always, but of course, uh, like today, I'll sit down and spend some time uh, kind of breaking down the things that Coach Freeze said uh, in post game, and then tomorrow we'll run transcripts from um, the things he said about Mississippi State. So we look forward uh, to you being a part of that over at jeanspage.com, the Mississippi State affiliate for 247 Sports. If you hadn't done so, go to whenthebottomfalls.com. The book's going to be production should finish with the book on November 9th, and they'll ship them, and then I'll sign them, and they'll get them out to you. Uh, so that's you know, we now have a date, and so I appreciate all of you that uh, have pre-ordered. Uh, many of you need to do so, and if you want to wait, do a book signing. That's cool, too. I don't know how, how extensively I'll travel uh, this holiday season, but we will get out and sign some dates, and uh, we'll be in some of the usual locations and have a chance. But, uh, you know, football season's running out, so we hope to have a couple of dates here in Starkville as we get ready to close out the month of November. While you're at WhenTheBottomFalls.com, you get all my sports books, uh, Flim Flam, Stark Villain, Alpha Dogs and Dogpile and Flim Flam, obviously a little more important this week as we uh, take on Coach Hugh Freeze. You can learn more about all of that adventure. And if you're looking for Stark Villains gear, you can find T-shirts, hoodies, and an assortment of things in a variety of colors at StarkVillains.com. All right, let's get ready to get out of here. We'll be back on Wednesday. But until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.